Jai Durga Ma, victory and reverence to the Mother Goddess Durga. So welcome to the second mini teaching in this Shakti series of four days, and four devis, four emanations of Goddess. And today we are going to speak about Goddess Durga. So who is Mother Durga? Her name means invincible one or the inaccessible one or the unassailable one. From the Sanskrit, one of the meanings is fortress. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Sadaka, a collection of special podcast mini trainings from Embodied Philosophy and the Embodied Podcasts Network. Each multi-part series of Sadaka explores a different area of Dharma and contemplative studies. Sadaka features episodes on topics from Buddhism to Hinduism, from yoga to the divine feminine. Taught by faculty and friends of Embodied Philosophy, each series is a short audio course on the topic it explores. To watch the video version of these episodes, become a digital member for access to EPTV, Embodied Philosophy's streaming video service. To start your 14-day free trial, head to embodiedphilosophy.com forward slash EPTV. So what does it mean? What is this mother a fortress of? Well, one way that we can understand this is that she is a goddess of protection. She is a goddess who protects our consciousness. She's a goddess who protects the heart. She protects that part of ourselves that can never be exploited, that can never be abused, that can never uh, be damaged in any way because she is ultimately the Divine Mother and she in her absolute form and she appears to us in this anthropomorphic form where she has anywhere from 8 to 18 arms and she rides her sacred feline. Either we find her riding a tiger or a lion. And in her various arms, she carries all sorts of tools, weapons, implements. And while Durga is a warrior goddess, and some, some of the instruments that she carries seem kind of intense or uh, terrifying to some, perhaps, they have nothing to do with violence and that everyday sense that we maybe understand that word today, socially, politically, and so forth. Uh, these are weapons to slay our ignorance, ultimately, to destroy these demons that represent the afflicted emotions or the obscured emotions. So, for example, she has her sword, her sword to sever our attachments, or a sword that also will bring in a quality of discernment. She holds a spear that of the many ways that we could interpret it, helps us to penetrate through the illusion, the delusion, or the heavier, dense, denser energies that are preventing us from really knowing what reality is and what we ultimately really are, which is consciousness itself. She also has a bow, an arrow that can represent, among other things, focus, determination, she has her trident, so that three-pronged instrument that we see with Shiva and so many of the other deities, that it has its own function in terms of piercing through, cutting, but it also has an assimilating quality if we were to understand it through the many, many triads that we find in these different tantric lineage traditions. So it's also a tool to, to bridge 
the seemingly opposite um, expressions of this mother's reality. Let's see, she has the bow, the arrow, the trident, the sword, a lotus flower, that beautiful symbol of the spiritual aspirant making its journey through the unknown murky waters to rest in that light of that pristine illuminating wisdom that the mother imparts. She has a bell to dispel negative energies again or the density. So many tools, many instruments, many arms to to really fight these energies whether they're internal energies or external energies that um, oppress us, that exploit us, or sabotage us in the many ways that we can experience um, reality. Durga is also maybe most known for her 5th century myth, and this myth is very fitting for what we find happening on the planet in these shifting, challenging times. It is the story, it's the narration of demonic forces, corrupt forces that were destroying the equilibrium and, har and harmony of all the worlds. And while the male gods were engaging and trying to stop the senseless bloodshed and violence, they couldn't because ultimately, as we say in the Shakta tradition, Shiva was without uh, Shakti is but a corpse. They needed the enlivening power. They needed the wisdom. They needed the fortitude, the fierce compassion of the Divine Mother to come and find another way to stop the, the cycles of violence. And so they call on Durga and she comes and she appears on the battlefield. And so this great epic text is a narration of, of her many battles and the many types of um, internal and external enemies, we could also say, that we encounter in our very human experience. Durga also has a festival that she is still to this day, I would um, even say it's one of the largest contemporary goddess festivals, living goddess festivals on the planet. And while her festival takes place more than one time a year, there's many, always multiple opportunities to um, engage with her, worship this mother, but the most popular one is in the fall. And it's called Navaratri, which means the nine nights. It's nine nights of worship of the Divine Mother. And during this annual fall festival, which dates back thousands of years, we can, as participants, re read the myth, do mantra recitation, sing to her, do various rituals, practice, to work with this energy and bring her stabilizing, balancing energy kind of back into our own lives or to replenish ourselves with her Shakti, with her enlivening power. And during this festival, she appears in many, many different forms, countless emanations, because it's understood that Devi is the one in the many. So while we are approaching her during this festival or in this text or for certain practices specifically to subdue these more afflicted energies, she ultimately expresses through names like Mahasarasvati, Mahalakshmi, uh, Mahakali. These are all different emanations of this mother. So let's have a 
brief encounter with her. Let's uh, go into a very short meditation and mantra practice to invoke this goddess. And so if you don't mind closing your eyes to just connect with the inner space, the inner self, I'm just taking a moment to tune in to sensations in the body. Because this mother is very much about our embodiment. How do we embody the many paradoxes that we encounter in this existence? So just noticing where you find yourself feelings you're experiencing in the body. And then taking a moment to connect with this energy that is Durga. So either through the heart center or see, imagine, or feel her in your third eye in Agnya Chakra. Or you could even relate to her through Manipura, through the solar plexus. She's very much a goddess of empowerment, embodiment. She's a great remover of fear, difficulty, bringer of strength, courage. And connect with her in either a red, orange, and or yellow light body. You may see her standing within you or before you with her lion or her tiger. And for this meditation, this visualization, just imagine one of her tools. Allow whatever wants to arise in the space to be there. Maybe the sword, maybe the bell, maybe the lotus flower, maybe a mirror. It doesn't have to be anything necessarily that I've spoken about. But one tool, one implement, that's there for you as we begin this recitation. And we'll do a mantra to Duerga using one of her bijas, which is a seed sound, which is doom. It sounds like the English doom, but it does not mean that. It actually means to dispel. So this is a mother who dispels sorrow, dispels adversity. And so connect with her in any way that makes sense as we recite out loud a few times, om, doom, Dragaye Namaha Om Doom Dragaye Namaha Om Doom Dragaye Namaha Om Doom Durgaye Namaha Om Doom Durgaye Namaha Om Doom 
Durgaye Namaha Om Doom Durgaye Namaha Om Doom Durgaye Namaha Last time Om Doom Durgaye Namaha And now recite that same mantra internally three times. And just notice any sensations that you're feeling in your body in this precious embodiment now. After reciting Durga's mantra nine times, nine is her number, nine times out loud, three times internally. And of course you can continue to recite that mantra visualizing her in the heart center, the solar plexus, or even in the third eye. And in these traditions, it's said that Dwarga's day is Tuesday and Saturday. So if you want to deepen your practice with Dwarga, Spend some time with her on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Buy her flowers, wear red, orange, yellow, make offerings, and remember her. Jai Durga Maha.